Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Mike Finn, who is VP of Transportation at the Kenko Group. And today we're going to talk about the transportation market. Are we heading into unprecedented territory? You know, if you've been to any logistics conference over the past few weeks and months, or if you just try to cover a load, you know, over the past few weeks, uh, you know that the tide is starting to turn in the transportation market. You know, right to, rates are going up, uh, capacity is starting to tighten. Um, will these trends continue in 2018? Um, what impact will, you know, the ELD mandate have on rates and capacity uh, moving forward here? Um, and how should shippers respond in light of all of this? Well, that, those are just some of the questions that we're going to discuss in today's episode. And obviously, Mike is uh, in, the, in the front lines of all this and his role there at Kenko. So it's great to have him on the program to kind of share his perspective and his insights and advice on you know, what to expect and, and what actions to take in the, in the weeks and months ahead. So, Mike, Mike, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Adrian. Uh, excited to talk about this topic a lot. Uh, very, very impactful to our customers. So, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we always like to say here, talking logistics, that we try to, you know, talk about topics that are, you know, timely and relevant and important. And I think this, this whole, everything that's happening in transportation is certainly timely, relevant, and important for, for a lot of our, uh, a lot of our uh, listeners and watchers and, and, certainly for a lot of your clients as well. Um, you know, before we dive into the program, uh, Mike, you're a first-time guest here on Talking Logistics. Um, you know, we've had many of your colleagues uh, on the program before. Uh, but like I, I like to do whenever we bring someone new on the, onto the program is just kind of learn a little bit about their background, you know, how and why they got involved with supply chain logistics to begin with. So why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, uh, again, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Kenko. Yeah, long time caller, first time, uh, long time watcher, first time caller. So happy to be on here, Adrian. And been in the industry 20 years. I uh, started out at JB Hunt Logistics as an account rep, really learned the fundamentals of the industry. Uh, when JB Hunt Logistics rolled into Transplace, I was fortunate enough and proud to say that I was one of the initial alumni there at Transplace. So I was there 15 years, uh, worked in a variety of operations and sales roles. Uh, joined Kenco five years ago. Um, Kenco is a full service 3PL. Uh, I lead the transportation division. Uh, we have over 250 Kenco drivers across the country. Uh, we also offer a transportation management solution that complements our logistics uh, division, our warehousing division, as well as our customer supply chain uh, needs. So uh, happy to be here. And it is, it's, it's incredibly tight market agent, as, as you said, that five to one truck ratios, $2 a mile plus spot price. It's really, really remarkable times. Yeah, no, it is, uh, you know, and, and, and we'll, we'll kind of get to maybe at the end whether we're, we are truly, you know, entering unprecedented uh, territory here. Uh, you gave out some, some data points there, which was going to kind of lead into my, my, my first question here. Uh, you know, there's never a dull moment, you know, in the transportation market. There's a lot of buzz and concern today, again, around rates and, and capacity. Um, you know, so, so what's, you know, you know what, so what are you seeing and hearing, you know, from the shippers and carriers that, that you work with? I think a lot of people have underestimated the impact of the hurricanes. I think uh, I was just at the CSCMP conference, uh, I guess, in September, about, a, about three or four weeks ago, and I heard one of the speakers talk about the, the aggregate equipment loss. 50 to 70,000 units are taken out of service from uh, just think about flooding, think about brake damages, think about recertification of that equipment. So you take 50 to 70,000 units out of the market, there's going to be a reaction. And uh, certainly FEMA entering the market as well. Uh, they have the mandate for critical goods to uh, buy transportation, so that has an impact, and, and you're certainly seeing it now in the, uh, in, the, in the load boards and in the spot pricing. 
Now, do, do you expect, uh, uh, you know, do you expect that to have continued impact, you know, moving forward here, or, or do you see that kind of resolving sooner rather than later? I do. I think we'll see it four to six months. Uh, certainly, September was uh, remarkable. October is strong. I think as the ELD um, mandate comes out in, the, in December, we're going to see another uptick of tightening. When traditionally you see it maybe soften in the first quarter, I think it's going to be a very strong, remarkable market for four to six months is what most people are looking at. So, you know, when you look at, you know, I think a lot of folks are looking at what's happening in the spot market as, as an example. I mean, what, what are you seeing there? I mean, that, that seems to be something that's kind of like an early indicator that, you know, a, a lot of the routing guides are getting exhausted, if you will, and people have, uh, you know, shippers have to go out to the spot market. So it's, yeah. there's a lot more demand going on in the spot market, right? Yeah, those of us in the transportation industry always uh, can always tell when the economy is really you know, kicking, you can see the GDP is going up what 3.1% just a few weeks ago. It's, it's always an early indicator. Uh, we are seeing a sustained $2 a mile, north of $2 a mile spot price. So traditionally there's a, a pretty good gap between contracted rates and spots. And it's, it's very, it's very uh, narrow right now. It's actually spot maybe uh, slightly above contracted rates. So uh, usually you could go get some savings for our customers to the spot market. I think right now uh, customers are really looking to lock it in, looking to get creative dedicated fleets, I can mitigate the risk, I can make a scenario plan. Uh, so we're seeing all the above uh, approaches to uh, really offset this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to you know, touch on that a little bit later in terms of, you know, what action, sh you know, shippers mm -hmm. should take, you, you know, regarding what's happening here. Um, you, you know, we, we, I think the other area that a lot of folks are talking about now, and it's been going on now for over a year, is the, the whole electronic login devices mandate, the ELD, you know, yeah. mandate. I know we did, uh, you know, a couple episodes on the topic last year and, and, and you know, the, the thought was, well, you know, you know, carriers have got about a year to prepare, right? And, and now we, we're basically at the 11th hour here with, you know, enforcement set to begin in, in December. Um, and there's still a lot of uh, unanswered questions about, um, you know, will this significantly impact, you know, capacity and, and, and productivity? I mean, do, do we have any clear answers yet or any indications of, of what might happen? Uh, I wouldn't say that yet yeah, the data is real clean on that subject. I think there's a lot of opinions. We did have one poll recently where uh, uh, I think it was 900 uh, carriers were polled and 31% of them claimed to be ready for the LD main uh, impact. So that's uh, that's alarming. If you stop and think about it. Uh, if only 31% of the carrier force is, is ready. And again, that's one of the few data sources that I've been able to find. Um, owner operators have fiercely fought this um it's 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 obviously a, a differentiator between a large fleet and owner operator fleet they fiercely fought it um they're, they're going to have to become compliant by april is when the, the government will start taking them off the road so there will be an impact uh, it's hard to say how substantial it'll be though adrian you know it seems to me that there is a, a difference between kind of large carriers and, and and smaller you know carriers it seems like most large carriers are uh, already you know, complying, you know, and they've been so for, for quite some time, but obviously they represent a relatively tiny percentage of the overall market. You know, the, the, the vast majority of uh, the, the transportation market are, are, you know, folks with, uh, you know, less than six trucks, right? And, and I think that's, the, that, that's the, the, the segment of the market, which is the majority of the market, that, that there's a lot of uncertainty around, right? Yeah, no question. Some of our, I was talking with one of our, our key customers recently about the impact on transit days. If you're running across the country, 
with a smaller carrier, you may be able to do that in five and a half days. But if you're going to do that with uh, legitimate ELDs, you're going to probably be closer to six days. So there's going to be some consequences, some slow transit times, maybe a little bit closer to rail on some of those long-term, uh, longer haul lanes. So, you know, we at Kenco run a, a very safe fleet, been recognized by the ATA as one of the safest fleets on the road the last three years. Uh, very proud of that. And um, very, you know, safety's paramount to everything to do at Kenco. And, and most of the, the well, I would say most of the truckers across the country are, you know, safety is paramount, but the ELD will, will certainly have an impact starting in December, have an impact on capacity. And then by April, I think you'll continue to see it tighten as uh, these carriers come online. Right, right. And I think, you know, you know, a lot of the carriers I know that, that, that I talked to or that I heard speak at different conferences, particularly those smaller owner operators. I know, you know, last year at this time, early part of this year, you know, some of them were waiting for, you know, some of the illegal action that, that was being uh, taken to see if they can, you know, uh, 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 suspend the, the mandate or overturn it. And, and it seemed like all, all those legal uh, options kind of ran, ran their course, you, you know, by the end of the summer uh, here. So, um, you know, I guess the big question now is whether, you know, the, those folks that were on the sidelines waiting, you know, how many of them will say, okay, now I guess we don't have a choice. We have to, or some of them will say, you know what, I'm out, I'm out of the industry. Um, I, I guess, you know, absent some clear indication, I guess we're just going to have to, you know, wait and see, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the rebuilding effort occurring in Texas and Florida, how many of those drivers and operators will, you know, go into that uh, competitive, you know, labor force. So you're right. I think the time will tell uh, how it all uh, unfolds. It kind of reminds me of the Y2K, you know, rush there for us uh, veterans around 2000 when people were trying to get the greatest 400 ready for Y2K. There was a rush for those software providers. I think, you know, as the ELD mandate comes out, the providers that provide that technology, I think, uh, certainly very busy. We've talked to a few of them. Uh, very, very busy right now. Right, right. Yeah, no, and I think from a, from a shipper standpoint, you know, I think it, um, you almost have to plan for the worst and, and hope for the best, you know, in, in some ways. And um, uh, I think this is getting a little bit into kind of what's going to be my, my last question, but you know, in some ways you almost have to ask that what if question, right? What if X percent of capacity exits the market or if productivity is diminished by X percent, you know, what impact could that potentially have and, and maybe simulate, you know, those scenarios on, on their network and, and see what options they should take, right? Yeah, I mean, you look at just the hurricane impact, you look at really just market balance. When the hurricanes occurred, it was, you could say, at equilibrium. Hurricane really tipped it into where the supply and demand, you know, truck to truck, truck to load ratio was inverted. Um, and now you've got the ELD that you're folding on top of it. So uh, I think it is smart of our, of our customers to sit down and talk about the what ifs. I think the best prepared supply chains need to have scenarios. What about dedicated fleets? How do you let relationships, you know, you've, you've hoped to hopefully have developed strong relationships with your carrier base year over year and you've you had a long-term perspective with them and you know without trucks america stops and people that don't believe that are really find that out right now so have a long-term look really look at dedicated fleet uh, some of the largest shippers in america have come to kenco recently and said i want, I want security I want dedicated fleets how can i have a pop-up dedicated fleet 2025 dedicated kenco drivers or a partner carrier to mitigate this risk yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think the, I hear the same thing in terms of uh, shippers kind of exploring some some of those options. Um, you know, so so we, we we've kind of talked to some of the different trends that that are impacting 
um, you know, the transportation market, you know, certainly the economy and, you know, we're heading into Q4 right now, busy holiday season, all, all that, that's always going to have an impact, you know, strengthening G GDP growth. Um, you know, we'll see what, what, what impact that will have going into 2018, you know, the ELD mandate, right? Hurricane, the, the, the residual effects of the hurricanes, those have all had impact as well. Um, the other thing that you can't avoid talking about when you talk about the transportation market is, um, you know, talking about, you know, driver availability and, and fuel, right? Uh, I mean, what trends are you seeing in, in those areas and, and how will they impact the market moving forward? Yeah, um, you know, it was just driver appreciation uh, week just a few weeks ago. And I think what by and large what they said was just respect us on the road. You know, the executive teams, you can say thank you, but what we want is for America to appreciate us, to give us respect, become a preferred shipper. That's something that we can really offer the industry with a, and we have nine, over 90 warehouses across the country operate the transportation into and out of their uh, other customers' warehouse. Really preferred shipper is the takeaway. You know, treat the driver with respect, have break rooms. Uh, as the ELD comes on, as hours of service is really enforced, uh, those drivers, you know, earn money by being on the road and running. So we need to treat as a, as, as a country, we need to treat our drivers with respect, get them into and out of the, out of the, uh, out of the facilities. And, and from just a, a driver recruiting perspective, it's, it's remarkably tight. Uh, we, Ken Keller had historically less than 25% turnover. We treat our drivers with respect. We get them home on time. And I think that's really a recruiting advantage to us, but by and large, the over the road fleet. Uh, those those drivers uh, continue to churn. They have options. Um, you know, fuel is certainly a variable that uh, everybody's got a plan for. It's it's come down recently. It did spike uh, there during the hurricane um, in, in Texas and in Florida, but it's certainly come down, and that's certainly a, a scenario that you have to plan for. Yeah, no, a lot of a, a lot of variables there. Uh, I know I've seen recent data where you know to your point, kind of the turnover rate you know, it's starting to go up again, you know, the driver turnover rate, you know, across the industry. So, so that's, that's a, a troubling, you know, a trend there for, for sure. Uh, certainly a lot of discussion around the carriers, uh, you know, we saw over the past, you know, a couple of years, a, a lot of the trucking companies increasing, you know, driver pay um, yeah. as a way to, um, you know, not only attract new drivers, but also, you know, also retain them. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to the point you brought up before, you know, with all the rebuilding activity that is undoubtedly going to take place in, uh, you know, Texas and, and Florida, you know, heck, you know, maybe even in Puerto Rico, some folks may want to, you know, uh, camp out there and, and get some good work out there. You know, that, that's certainly construction and, and, the, and driving has always been uh, in competition with each other. Uh, so that might add some, you know, additional pressure on, on, driver recruitment and, and retention. Yeah, the rate structures for sure to entice those drivers to stay in the industry and and, uh, and, and likewise, the, the, build, the, uh, the builders out there are going to entice the drivers to come into their industry. So it certainly is more pressure. It's another variable that we do have to consider when talking with our customers about how to be, uh, and be prepared for where we are today and how this market will unfold over the next four to six months and longer than that. Right, right. So, you know, as a way to wrap up, Mike, I mean, I'll ask you what I've been asking, you know, other folks that have, you know, uh, insight into what's happening in the market. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a transportation executive at a, at a manufacturing or, or retail company, I mean, what should I be communicating up to, you know, upper management today about what's happening in, in the, the transportation market? And, um, you know, more importantly, what, what action should I take to prepare effectively? Yeah. 
Well, the, the, so start with the plan, right? Uh, you, you've got to really have a plan to measure your, um, to engage your clients, uh, engage your, your, your carriers. There's a balance between rates and service, and hopefully you've appreciated that over the years because I think all of that is going to come, um, come to bear now. So uh, capacity plan, scenario planning, how can, you, how can you mode shift? How can you maximize your trailers? How can you buy less footprint you know, on a trailer from a carbon footprint? How can you uh, do less, um, less uh, multi-stop? Uh, and, uh, and, and in general, just have a capacity plan that uh, is, is, is mindful of all of your objectives as a supply chain. Now, do you see opportunities here for, I mean, one of the things that I, I know have been talked about uh, in the past, and I've seen good case studies throughout the years, but I think it's something that's still a missed opportunity for, for many shippers is, you know, enhanced collaboration between, not only between shippers, right, for, for uh, co, co-shipping, co-loading, right, uh, you know, collaborative shipping, if you will, and, and obviously, you know, logistics service providers such as yourselves are, are in a good position to help facilitate that or enable that but also better collaboration internally between transportation and packaging, right? You know, how can we fit, and even product design, you know, how can we fit more product per case, more cases per pallet, right? And then as a result, more pallets per truck, right? And, and I think you've seen case studies throughout there where, you know, companies have been able to, you know, increase the number of, of, of product that they've been able to fit in a truck just through better packaging design and better product design. Um, are, are any of your clients, or have you seen any of that activity take place with some of the companies you work with? Yeah, I uh, certainly was able to do that uh, in my past where we were able to come out of Mexico with uh, some appliances and some tile. So, you know, opposites attract. It was a great, uh, I, think, I think you might have had that on your, uh, your session, one of your very first sessions, Adrian. So uh, that's a great example of where you had a very heavy, dense tile and you wanted to find something to fit on top of it. So we found appliances to counter uh, to get 80% of the cube and 80% of the weight, you know, each shipper had to give up 20% to get 80% of the cube. So dramatic savings. It was a great footprint um, carbon reduction for that customer. Customers actually five customers collaborated, and uh, that's a great example of what you can do. How can you how can you think outside of the box? How can you collaborate together? That took us partnering with uh, a carrier. It took us partnering with the, the boxcar, uh, the KCS. Took us partnering with the uh, Interior of Mexico cross border. Uh, partnering with the receivers, two different receivers, one in Missouri and one in Pennsylvania. So a lot of coordination, but at the end of the day, was the right thing to do for those shippers, right thing to do for those carriers, right thing to do for the environment, right thing to do for capacity. So instead of barely 50% reduction in footprint north to south out of of Mexico to the U.S. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, from, from my standpoint, you know, whether we're, you know, if we are indeed entering unprecedented territory here in the transportation market, we have to, um, you know, think and take action that is perhaps not un, un, not unprecedented in the industry, but perhaps unprecedented in your particular company. You know, if you've been resistant to collaborative shipping, if you've been resistant or haven't been, you know, broken down the silos uh, between packaging and transportation um, and product design, that's another opportunity there. Because I think we we ultimately have to, in my opinion, have to work smarter. Uh, in order to address, you know, the, these challenges, it, it goes beyond just, um, you, you know, trying to, uh, uh, and obviously better collaboration between the shippers and the carriers, more, you know, honest and ongoing uh, discussions uh, and data sharing, you know, between all the parties. Uh, but I think it's all of the above in order to really respond effectively to, to what's happening out there. 
Yeah, transparency is something that I've learned and I'm sure throughout your career, but when we were pursuing the colo opportunity, transparency was was paramount, right? You had to be transparent to each shipper. You had to be transparent as a, as a 3PL, as an integrator. But you also be transparent to the carrier and to the governments about the concept. Uh, without transparency, deals die. And as you collaborate, that is really a, a principle of collaboration. And I learned is you got to have transparency, you got to have integrity, uh, and just really have the end in mind. Uh, but it's got it does have to be a win-win-win. It's an overused term, but collaboration—that's really what's required. Right, right. No, I, I absolutely, and I think along with transparency is is you know honest and ongoing you know communication you know between between all the parties. I mean, obviously, having you on the program as a logistics service provider. Uh, I think LSPs have, you know, great insight into what's happening in the market, what's happening across industries, because you, you kind of sit in the middle there and you're working with various, uh, you know, shippers and in various industries. Obviously, you've got uh, a pulse on the carrier market as well. You know, so what I always tell shippers is, you know, leverage, you know, the knowledge and insights that your 3PL partners have, because they can provide you with perhaps greater visibility and transparency in terms of what's happening out in the marketplace than perhaps you can see just relative to your own um, you know, op operations. Um, and I think that that's another, you know, approach that shippers ought to take is really leverage, um, you know, the, the trading partners and the knowledge that they bring to the table as well. Well, Mike, um, you know, we're, we're kind of out of time here uh, for today, but uh, you know, like I always say at the end of our, our episodes, we always just manage to scratch the, the surface on the, on the topics we talk about. And certainly when it comes to transportation, we could probably spend two hours <laughs> talking about all the different dimensions of, uh, of what's happening in the market and different actions that, sh that shippers could take. But I think you provided some great, some great insights and uh, advice uh, for shippers. And, um, you know, certainly I think we'll, we'll uh, you know, try to touch base again in, in Q1 or Q2 of next year and, and see where we're at um, and see what, um, you know, if indeed we've entered unprecedented territory in, in 2018. So, Mike, thank you again for being, uh, making the time for being with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Adrian. And uh, thank, uh, thank you to those of you that joined us. Uh, if you are watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Kenko website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment from Mike, uh, you can post it there, and I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.